Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report right here on a Thursday, football Thursday. We're back. Week number 13 is here. It is Dave Sturgeo. It is Chris Gucci. And, of course, we're coming to you live from Chop Studios in beautiful downtown Matawan, New Jersey. Uh, I hope everybody's doing well out there. I hope everybody is uh, is recovering from the news that um, it's it's kind of breaking news yesterday. And it's it's upsetting. It's, it's defeating. Um, apparently, 50% of the team in Denver did not go to Russell Wilson's birthday party I'm that was thrown by Sierra. I'm surprised there was that many people there. Honestly. <laughs> I want to know the guest list. You know, people are like, 50% of the team was there. I was like, oh, okay. How many were invited? You would assume that everybody was invited. And, and truly, how many Except of, for the guy that yelled at him last people week? were there because, you know, there was a chance that if you're having a birthday party and Sierra's the one throwing it, there's going to be some other celebrities there. So it's probably like, well, I'm going to go, but not for Russ. Yeah, like I definitely want to meet Pharrell. I want to meet Sierra's <laughs> you know I mean? like, friends for friends. sure. <laughs> right. So I mean, look, it's it's upsetting, but it is what it is. Uh, but anyway, there is football to be talked about today. We got a, a loaded show because yesterday, uh, from the graces of the 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 power that be, back end office sent us another spreadsheet yesterday, where it kind of gave us an updated look as to how people are doing. From week one all the way to now, uh, and there's very interesting nuggets in there that we'll dive into uh, today. But first, we got to dive into Thursday night football, ladies and gentlemen. We have football to be played. It is the Patriots. It is the Bills. It is a blockbuster matchup. Like I said, when you look at this game on paper, when the gate, when the schedule came out, you circled this one on a Thursday night. Like this one's got potential. Why? It's December. Both teams are relevant. The Bills. It, it, is it fair to say that they they're winning games? They're they're in first place mm-hmm. right now. But is it fair to say they're like they're not the Bills at this moment? Is there like a little fraction of you that thinks that like this team is just not performing like that well-oiled machine that we've seen before? I do think that there's a part of that. The it's Bills the haven't been playing to the expectations that we've set for them. But at the at the same time, they're a team that when I look at them, I'm saying, okay, well, they're gonna be there at the end. I don't think there's anything to worry about if you're a Buffalo fan. They have some injuries on the defensive side with Von Miller dealing with an injury. But really, at the end of the day, they went through this last year, and then if it wasn't for a miraculous comeback by the Chiefs, the Bills would have probably represented the AFC in the Super Bowl. Very true. Are you still feeling that way right now? Can the Bills make that run, 100%. that resurgence? If you're looking at that, it's the Chiefs and the Bills still. At the end of the when it's all said and done, if you look at it in the AFC. The Miami let, Dolphins have entered the chat. I agree. I agree. But Just keep your eyes still, out. even Tua in the mojo market hasn't gotten the, the respect that he deserves This is yet. very true. I think Tua clearly right now is like one or two in the MVP race. When you look at it and you break everything down, I don't know how you could deny the guy. I'm definitely sprinkling some money on Tua now. Here's the thing. Again, full disclosure, I I, I do tend to brag about my investments when they're doing well. If they're not doing well, I kind (laughs) of just don't want to talk about them. But right now, my portfolio is consistent of Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and Tua. That's it. And I'm making money every every day I log on to that app, which, by the way, can't do any of this if you don't download the app. Um, every time I download the uh, or open up the app, I'm up more money. I'm up more money. I mean, this is day-to-day stuff. It's like they haven't played since Sunday. Today, I have more money in my account than I did yesterday. 
Go invest in these guys, especially Tua. I went all in on Tua. I think that the it's just incredible to see how much this guy's doing. But back to the game. I think it's incredible how we took the Chiefs, I mean the the Patriots and the Bills game and started talking, talking about, about Tua. Tua again. It's that exciting. I can't help it. But back to this game tonight. There's there's specific things I want to talk about tonight. There is a not expected to play out there. It hasn't been ruled out yet, but there's a Damian Harris that might not play in this game. Ram Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson, has been our guy all year. And I read today, this morning on Mojo.com, that he's the ninth most all-purpose running back, yards-wise. I, I know what you meant. Yeah, I know. I just kind of... It's early. We get it. I, it's been a tough night. Uh, Damian Harris could be ruled out. He's ranked right now on Mojo the 34... The th rank number 34 on the mojo market. Is it, are, is it well past the time you should have gotten in on Ram Stevenson? Or is it like one of those times like, hey, man, right now? I know it's the Bills. And the Bills' defense has been stout at times. But, again, secondary has been banged up. Their defensive pass rush is good. But it's just like you're looking at this Patriots team of guys to invest in, not named. I mean, I hope you guys didn't invest anybody in Mac Jones. Andre Stevenson's rece receiving totals over the last couple of weeks. That's been a big thing. It's insane, actually. Yeah, that's give what me, I mean. All-purpose yards. Second. The guy is incredible. And, again, when you're looking at the Patriots, one of the biggest fallers of their season, it's, as far as the mojo market is concerned, wow. is, is um, Mac Jones. All What's right, up? so Ramondre Stevenson, since week seven, eight targets, seven targets, seven targets, six targets, ten targets, and reception totals since week seven. Uh, so we're eight, talking about the last five eight, weeks of seven, football. Three, six, nine. Really, they throw him the ball. There's very rarely an incompletion. And his he's getting 20, 25 touches a game. In that offense, I know that he's the entire offense, really. He really is. If you look at the— He's saving Mac, Mac Jones' Mac Jones butt is probably right now. having like 15 completions a game, and seven or eight of them are going <laughs> to remind you Stevenson. They hand Drop the ball off. off every other play. I remember watching a game last year between the Bills and the Patriots, and Sean McDermott was so mad after the game. So there's a little bit of a rivalry. They asked uh, McDermott after the game. He's like, oh, give me a break. It wasn't rocket science. He ran the ball 100 times. When they were talking about the game where it was just <laughs> Oh, that game where Mac Jones was handing the ball. Hand oh, my God. Off. Remember that? I um, called it one of the greatest games ever played. <laughs> but then, like, if you're a stat guy, you're like, please, God, I truly, throw the ball. I truly believe that Belichick might do the exact same thing. He's like, oh, no, you thought that was because it was snowing. No, no, no. No, no. I just have no Watch faith this. in my quarterback. Watch I just this, have no guys. faith in my quarterback. I yeah. don't know if you realize. <laughs> and and to, to be honest, to be fair, I still don't think, as far as the mojo market is concerned, I still don't think there's much faith in a Mac Jones. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, any rubs with the... The Buffalo running game, because, again, I, I'm interested to see that. I've seen this this Patriots defense soundly is what's keeping them afloat right now. Like, the defense is playing very well. You always know where Judon is on the field, partially because of his red sleeves. But, like, you always know that the defense comes to play and shows up every week. Buffalo is, is I, I still think, you know, they trade away Zach Moss. They bring in uh, uh, Colts, Naheem Hines, right? They bring in Hines. They got Singletary. They got uh, James Cook. Cook. These, there's a plethora of running backs over there in Buffalo. Is there any interest in any of them at this point? Devin Singletary, if any. But really, even, yeah, even he, that. I'm a little cold on. But last year at this time is when Devin Singletary started to pick things up. Yeah. It is Buffalo after all, and it's cold weather. So they're going to have to run the ball a little bit more down the stretch. But really, as that offense goes running the football, it's Josh Allen is the guy that makes that tick. So if Josh Allen is running the football, then maybe it opens things up. But I don't really like any of their backs because Josh Allen is getting seven, 800 yards a year running the football. It doesn't make any sense. And then when you get down low, Josh Allen's going to vulture all those touchdowns. 
So, no, I'm not really too keen on it. The only Buffalo Bill receiver or player that I'm really into besides Josh Allen is Stefan Diggs. And what I about know- the emergence of a little McKenzie action? The guy seems to find the end zone every okay, week. Okay, fair point. I think that I'm. if there was a third guy, it would be McKenzie based on the fact that I – I know that we've all been a little bit bullish on Gabe Davis. Yeah, I was very upset and, about Gabe Davis this year. And I, I watched something yesterday, and I, I, I'm, I excuse me for not remembering where, nothing, nothing major, but I watched the thing, and it was a guy with a pretty hot take, and it said Gabe Davis isn't even a top fifty receiver in the NFL. And then everybody was like, "Dude, you're out of your mind!" Blah blah blah. And then he was like, "I'll name fifty right now." And he, and and he rolled he, off. And he named fifty, and then he started naming guys like Ridley, and and people were like, "Wow!" Like. There's a bunch of guys in that 50 that you can make the case, like Tyler Boyd. Well, think about it. Well, that's not that. Listen, top 50 isn't that big of a deal, considering the fact that if you think about it, there's 64 starters, one and two, right? 64. So if you're in the top 50, that means you're a starting receiver in the NFL. Understood, but when we're looking at the Bills' offense and we're looking at their receivers, you would think that you don't don't cross over Gabe Davis and say, eh, he's just sitting outside the top 50. That's true. He wasn't drafted that way. His, His. Mojo market doesn't reflect that. Mm. All of it. So uh, maybe you want to go short on Gabe Davis? You want to short Gabe Davis tonight? Uh. Just don't short him in the first round. Whatever their first round playoff game is. Yeah, you might have four touchdowns. 4,000 yards. So that's Thursday Night Football. Get involved tonight. (laughs) A lot of plays to be had. Uh, Ramondre Ramondre Stevenson, Stephon That's the play. But I read this other. There's always hypotheticals out there. And I read this on Mojo.com. A $1,000 long bet tonight on Josh Allen. Could net you 3K in one night because of the three-time multiplier. So you you just want to – and that's because he's, he's right there again. You know, Josh Allen is that dude. 1,000. So, yeah, three times. In a three-time multiplier. So if he goes up he'll, – he'll, That's what I read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to do the math. <laughs> Don't do math. It's too early. So that's Thursday Night Football. And, uh, yeah, good, look, it should be a good one. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got sent this spreadsheet. We get spread, you know, spreadsheets sent to us uh, every so often just to kind of update us and update the masses on, um, you know, on, on guys that have moved significantly, specifically since top uh, since week one. Um, we went through this list, and it's some of it, it's like, oh, okay, we get it, but some of it's like, whoa, what, you know? So now it's time to kind of break down the AFC. We'll do the NFC next week after the Bucks and the Saints play their game. Uh, we'll break down the NFC again. This is. Data that was sent to us yesterday. So if things move a little bit over the course of week 13, sue us. But um, Or don't sue us. But yeah. what I'm saying is the don't AFC, right, going into week 13, specifically tonight because you got two AFC opponents. I start with the Bills. Their top mover clearly is day, 19.7%. That's your boy Josh Allen. That is just that's a cookie-cutter thing. Their biggest faller is James Cook at twenty down 24.9% since week one. Do you find that he's going to have a role at all? Like, is, is he just kind of finding his way? We yeah. just talked about Buffalo's running backs the whole room, and I'm thinking to myself, like, is anybody going to come out of this, like, a, a star? Because James Cook have star ability right now? I don't know if he has star ability. That's That might be a little bit of a reach, but he definitely has playmaking ability. And in that offense, as he gets going, if, if there was an injury to Singletary, I think he would be the guy that you would see step okay. into the next role. I don't know that it would be Hines. Hines has proven over the course of his career that he is – serviceable at what he does just supplemental passes and be you know block on third down but he hasn't been able to carry the ball on first and second down in between the tackles and i don't expect him to do that going forward james cook ousted zach moss they like him more they brought in naheem hines i thought it was a little curious of a move because 
the way I understood James Cook coming out of college was that he was a very similar type to a Naheem Hines, where he was the third down guy, catch a pass. Well, maybe that's the what they're, they're kind of grooming him. Like, Hines ain't your long term play, you would say. So it's maybe they just didn't have confidence in James Cook down the stretch. I don't know if there's a fumbling issue, if there's anything about a young player that you may want to. Um, hedge your bet a little bit on down the stretch in a cold weather games postseason would be a fumbling issue. So maybe that's why Naeem Hines is there. But that's just speculation. I have no idea, honestly. I do like James Cook. I thought he was the I, I was kind of invested in him in dynasty leagues, you know, late yeah, round flyers. Yeah. So I do like the player. Situationally, though, there's a lot of mouths to feed in Buffalo. And there needs to be a couple things have to go wrong for a couple other guys for James Cook to inherit any Agreed, kind of agreed. Uh, moving on to the New York Jets. Um, their top mover is obviously their their savior over the last couple of weeks, or at least in the news. He's up 111% since week one. That's Mike White, 111%. We all know why, right? He gets the opportunity to play, Zach Wilson. You know, I did read a lot of stuff and hear a lot of stuff about the fact that Zach Wilson has not lost the locker room here. He has not. He, he got up in front of the entire team, apologized, did his thing. They all respect him more, apparently, according to their biggest faller. How about that? C.J. Azuma, tight end that was brought in to be a security blanket for a young quarterback. He's down 44%, 44.9, almost 45%. C.J. Azuma, now with the emergence of Conklin, is Azuma going to be looking for another place to play next year? Or is he just going to be tight end two in New York? I don't know if he just signed a one a, a deal in the offseason, a three-year deal. Yeah, correct? so I guess so he's I doubt, stuck there. I doubt that they really signing bonus heavy that deal so he's probably stuck i don't know that there's really an out but because it wasn't a massive deal there might be an out just because of that but yeah. i don't know if if conklin goes down it's probably nice to have a guy that's got super bowl experience yeah, sitting back there so I, I would probably hang on to azuma but it's a little of a travesty when we see that the top mover for the jets is mike white Outside of Zach Wilson, this offense has been nothing short of a, a pleasant surprise. There's a bunch of guys. Garrett Wilson. Up. Outside of, a, really, I should say Elijah Moore as well. But we had the Brees Hall surgeons. We saw what they were capable of doing. We um, also got some verbiage from from uh, James Robinson. Very pissed off right now that he's not getting the ball. He goes, I wasn't traded here not to play. He's well, a, you no, know, you were traded there. You were traded, first yeah, of all. Yeah, you were traded. <laughs> yeah. You didn't sign here. You didn't, weren't, they, weren't recruited. You were traded because one guy got got hurt. And, and we've seen Michael, don't be Michael Carter has has moved up this season. And what's his name, Bam Knight coming in? Like this, Zonov, oh, I don't know. Bam, yeah, I think Bam. they're calling him. Bam Knight. Much better, much better. Bam. So, yeah, it's a lot easier. <laughs> but anyway, there's, there's an emerging star. But, yeah, um, it's Garrett Wilson's the fa my favorite Jet right now. He's Garrett playing Wilson, like a wide receiver one, so that's what they drafted him, him to do. And look at the quarterback that's throwing the ball. He's still managing to get it done. So, yeah, yeah. Garrett Wilson is the guy. Heading on over to Miami, uh, the Miami Dolphins' top mover is, again, it's one of those things where it's like this is just stats and percentages and reasons why. Skylar Thompson is their biggest mover of the year. Considering all the stuff that Miami's done, he's their biggest mover. Why? Because when Tua went down, he was the dude. And, and what you've seen on the Mojo market, if you're investing in the backup, opportunity sees the day, and all of a sudden Thompson went nuts. So so, but you do have your Tua's of the world, your Tyreek Hills. Those guys have moved significantly, especially Tua. Obviously, I just I alluded to him pr pretty much carrying my portfolio right now. The biggest faller, another tight end, Mike Gusecki, who's on a franchise tag. So, as you're looking at Gusecki for next year, is it is it time to buy in at the end of next at the end of this season because of the potential? And a new deal from somewhere. I mean, he's got to go somewhere, right? He's not going to be yeah, out of the league. But I don't think Gusecki. There's a lot of young, talented tight ends coming into the league right now. That's true. Um, I don't know. I, I did. I did mention that we should short Gusecki a long time ago. You I did said, say this. 
that Mike McDaniel's offense really doesn't have room for a tight end to succeed. There's a lot of balls to go around, not enough balls to go around with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Now that they have the 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 compliment backs, complimentary backs back there. Uh, Mike Isecki, he he's a touchdown dependent guy. The fact that he's in his contract, year, terrible gritty, and well, the worst in the NFL. <laughs> But for that reason, it's the best. Yes, you're right. right? Willingness <laughs> and ability are two different things. The willingness goes a long way here in, in uh, Mike Isecki range. Right. It's, I think that whoever the potential starter in Miami next year is who we should be identifying here. If there's a guy in, in-house on that roster that could step up and be a guy that really is also touchdown dependent but has a little bit less expectations. I got a bold prediction. Go ahead. Next year, the Miami Dolphins starting tight end is Dalton Schultz. Mm-hmm. I got to look at their finances. They just put a ton of money. I got this feeling. Miami's willing to spend. He is a, you know, he's emerging as a run blocker. They just signed Chubb. They just spent a ton of money. I understand that. I don't know. I got to look at their finances. Unfortunately, I think Schultz is on the outs. The reason why I don't agree, though, is I think what they would be looking for. I'm not saying that Schultz isn't a good blocker. He's not. He's he's not the. Best I don't blocker. know enough about him to say whether he's a good. He's blocker. blocked plenty of people on or Twitter n- or not well, that's <laughs> because <fair>. of that. <laughs> People talk about blocking. But I Get think if here. we're looking at what the Dolphins are trying to do, it's probably going to be, like I said, a, a safety valve in the seam for a quarterback, nothing in between the 20s, and then you get down low, and you might look to your tight end in the red zone. But other than that, I don't think that there's a reason for the Dolphins to put money into a tight end. Right. Get a guy that's cheap we'll see. that could block well, and it's going to fit your offense better. All um, right. It's disrespectful that Skylar Thompson is the number one mover on the Dolphins. Again, they have Jalen Waddell. They have Tyreek Hill. They have Tua. Anybody, no we said it last week, it. go long on all the Make dolphins. no mistake about it. I don't want to go through this list, and I'm going to preface the rest of this by saying this. A lot of these guys are guys that you may never heard of, and the reason why they move so much is because they had no expectations. But conversely, Josh Allen is, is the top mover for the Bills. Um, we have... Nick Chubb. We have Nick Chubb. Yeah, guys we, that you we know. Have guys, Trevor we have Lawrence, yeah. Joe Burrow, the top mover for the Bengals. So there is room for improvement. And like I said... With the Dolphins, there's three of their stars. They're all up. So Tua, Tyreek Hill, even their backs, up, up, up. So, yeah, you don't have to just invest in the young guys. And this is something that I had to learn the hard way a little bit. You know, you could definitely make money on some vets or the guys that are higher priced um, and more established. Josh Allen up 20%. Speaking of making money due to opportunity, the Patriots real quick, top mover, Bailey Zappi, 82%. Why? Because Mac Jones stinks, and Mac Jones is down 35%. The mojo market's not going to dictate who your starting quarterback is going forward, but I mean, what if, if there's ever a Spider-Man meme right now? Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones is like, hey, you're him. Yeah, you know Mac, what I mean. So I, don't, I can't talk too much about. I this would one. say Mac, <laughs> Mac Jones is a better prospect outside of the Patriots. I don't know if Bailey Zappi fits in anywhere else in the league. I think a bunch of other teams would like to try try out Mac Jones. We him. shall see. All right, moving on. AFC North, somebody that you called very, very early in this show, right? We're on episode like 52 at this point, right? On episode like two or three, we were talking about Isaiah Likely uh, being one of the likely huh, candidates to do good things over there in Baltimore behind a, a, a Andrews. You know what I mean? So it's, it's curious because Mark Andrews is the guy. He's, he's going to be the top three tight end in football going forward. But, like, if you start a two tight end set a la, like, Gronk Hernandez, not saying I'm going to give it Hernandez any burn, but you know what I mean? Like, that kind of set where two guys are that good, yeah, and he's up 36%. If there's one coach and one system in the NFL, it would be the Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh, Baltimore Ravens, where they're just going to say, hey, we're going to do this 
old college style offense. We're going to bring two tight ends out mm-hmm. and somehow still manage to spread it out because you have to respect Lamar and what he's able to do and get guys into space. But the two tight end thing, I think that's something we're going to have to grow used to in Baltimore because that's probably their most two talented pass catchers I agree. now that we see Bateman as their top mover on the way down. Yeah, I mean, it is James Prochet at 22%. But, but more relevant, you would think Rashad Bateman, somebody that we talked about in the beginning of the year, somebody that everybody was coveting in fantasy drafts, he's down 20%. He's out for the year. It's just been a tough yeah, sledding for Bateman you know, this year. Bateman, and then even Andrew's dealing with a couple of injuries. I think it provided opportunities for an Isaiah Likely to show the Ravens and the rest of the world what he's able to do. And now getting those guys both in the field together, like I said, that's probably going to be their two most talented pass catchers. And it might slow things down. And they might not be able to stretch the field with their receivers. I think Bateman's health is a large factor in terms of what's going to happen with this Ravens offense. He's in and out of the lineup before he got ruled out. Um, It would make Duvernay better. It would make, obviously, it would make Lamar better. And I don't know that it would make Mark Andrews better. I think his numbers are going to be good regardless. But if Bateman doesn't play, I think likely sees more targets. So... That's going to be a thing to make pay attention to as you know next season unfolds. Is Bateman's injury? It's just this season. It's nothing bleeding into next Speaking year. Speaking right? of uh, injuries, big opportunity here for a Jalen Warren who's been cleared to play for Week 13. Okay, mm. he's coming back off the hamstring injury. He was out last week. He's up 63. percent Najee Harris is somebody that we've talked about at length, being one of the top backs in the league. But going in, you said, you know what? Why don't we pump the brakes? And you should have pumped the brakes because now now he's down uh, 33. percent We were out on him very early. Uh, heading on over to the Browns, same thing. Nick Chubb, their best player on the field. He's up 16%. Josh Dobbs um, down 31%. But the most uh, guy of note, I remember jumping into a uh, Twitter spaces early um, with, I forget who it was, but it was with Mojo. And they had a guy, um, a representative talking about Cleveland, talking about David Bell. Now they were very high on David Bell. And now I'm looking, I'm like, well, you know, I'm not saying, hey, I'm knocking you because you're wrong. I'm just that opportunity hasn't seized itself. And David Bell's down 20%. He's a receiver, undra- uh, undrafted. I'm not sure if he's undrafted, but he just hasn't really emerged. And then, of course, the, the obvious with the Bengals is Joe Burrow. He's up 16%. You were in on him from Jump Street. You figured he was going to have another decent year. The problems in the beginning of the year were the fact that the offensive line couldn't protect the guy, so he wasn't be able to throw. Then he's missed a couple games with Jamar Chase being out. Um, T. Higgins has, has been a solid play. Then you lose your running back situation. But overall, after 12 weeks of football, if you're an investor of Joe Burrow, you are up since week one. Drew Sample is down 26%, but the biggest mover, this is the one that like tripped you up yesterday when we were looking at this list. Joe Mixon is down since week one. 17%. And that's after, didn't he have like five touchdowns in one game? Yeah, I mean, he had four in one game, but or he's only four, got six whatever. in the season. So I guess there uh, well, is a the reason for that. But yeah, maybe. You know, I know this doesn't really necessarily mean anything, but he's a top 10 fantasy back again, and he's down 17%. It's like, what did Joe Mixon have to do this year to succeed and do well? This is why I have a hard time with running backs because I just can't gauge the, yeah. I can't gauge how it's going to move. I, I was thinking that Joe Mixon was like having a solid year. When I saw that, I was like, hmm. Yeah, that was a, that was a head scratcher. doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I would say there's an anomaly there. I would say I'm, I like Mixon. But then I look at his market projections going forward, and I'm like, I don't know. If he did if he went down this year after having the season he's having, I can't be in on him going forward. Right, because if he has I'm anything sure better, it's, it's not going to be much. Um, all right, AFC South. Starting with um, an interesting one again, the Titans, their biggest mover. But here's, here's where I'm at. The Titans, right, their biggest mover is up 8%, and that's Dontrell Hillard. That's the, obviously the supplemental back. 
to a Derrick Henry. So, yes, opportunities have seen themselves uh, for him. Their biggest of note uh, top mover on the other way, Robert Woods. They invested some money into this guy to get this guy, and, of course, he has not delivered at all. Are you are you kind of suspect on Robert Woods going forward? Like Traylon Burks, we we almost Woods, we almost wrote off Traylon Burks' Woods career. Is when you're a wide receiver in the league and you have double digit years under your belt, that's like the the equivalent of a running back in his fourth year. Yeah, right. I like that. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Yeah, Robert Woods, he's been a really good blocker, and I think that'll keep him in town. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's a running run first team. But yeah, no, 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 no. Traylon Burks is the only guy, if any, on the Titans that I would be investing in right now. My, how the tides have changed. <laughs> it's like we're like, can you just show up to practice and actually you put some late? effort in? No. Yeah, he embarrassed me on Thursday Night Football. <laughs> National TV. <laughs> Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence up 15% since uh, week one. Again, not a surprise at all. He's, he's, he's starting to finally come to uh, and show that he has that that it factor that where he can lead a team down the field in a last-second situation and win a game, we just saw it. So Trevor Lawrence, again, the jury is still not out on him. I, I don't know how to – I mean, he's getting weapons surrounding them, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, a bunch of Bs to me, a bunch of B receivers um, right now. But, again, it's still early in his career. It's only his second year. He's got himself a quarterback-driven coach. I would get in on a, on a Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Snoop Connor, can we talk about this? 94% down from draft day. It was a running back that they drafted while having James Robinson and Etienne on the team. So, like, what were we thinking, Jaguars? Because yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, like, a third-round pick or fourth-round so pick. My imagination is that he's off the team now if he's down 94% because James Robinson was traded, and he's not the next guy up. Correct? It's hasty. It's hasty. So, yeah, he, he's, he's probably, probably not even in town. He might be on the practice But here's squad. the, here's the head-scratcher. 15%. And, and, and Travis Etienne, down 15%. Etienne is... Like one of my league winners, I feel like you got to be in on this guy right now. Again, what does a running back have to do? What's a running back got to do around here? I don't know. No respect. I think that ETN you got to buy now because that's that's just disrespectfully low. Down fifteen percent since week one. Since week one, what did we? He's expect? had weeks, obviously, but you know he got hurt. He's banged up. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. That, I, I that think I think it? that I'm gonna buy the dip on ETN, or I don't even know if it's a dip because. It's been a since week one, and he's, if anything, I feel like once they traded James Robinson, that should have given him an uptick. He's had some really big games, big runs, and proven that he's he's a guy that's capable in this league to go forward. It he's is okay. It's not year. it's not against the law to, um, you know, be against what the market is saying, right? I mean, like, we, yeah, we could no, disagree no, with is, what it is. Of course. I, I Can we also I, agree? I have to do my research on Travis Etienne and, and Joe Mixon a little bit. Can we, also, can we also agree that... The Colts don't have any offense <laughs> because yeah. their top mover is Nick Foles. Hasn't seen the field. Hasn't even seen backup status. He's up 3% since week one. Everybody else is just staying kaput, if not dropping. Jonathan Taylor struggled this year. Matt Ryan has struggled this year. And he was a one of the top of the hierarchy of the of the quarterbacks uh, as far as, you know, his, his bank value and whatnot. But, like, you know, Michael Pittman, your boy Alec Pierce, these guys are down. Um the biggest faller for the Colts is Mo Ali Cox down thirty five percent. There's an emergence of a of a rookie tight end right now. Johnny so, Woods, yeah. And so yeah, the Colts I, are. I mean, the Colts are the Colts right now. I mean, they, they, they their record doesn't indicate what they are because I think they're very far off from being a competitive football team if their quarterback situation doesn't improve. I, I just I don't yeah. You know it. what? I do agree with all of what you just said, but I do think that by the end of the season, their top mover may end up being Jonathan Taylor. And if it's not, from this point on, he's going to go up 
another 10%. I don't know how much he's down for the year mm -hmm. and if that will put him above the threshold for them to be the top mover. But there's some room here because they're going to be keep feeding him the ball, and I think Jonathan Taylor is the only bright spot. Even though he hasn't been one, if you play the Colts right now, who, what are you expecting to deal with? Right. Jonathan Taylor. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to still keep my investment there on Jonathan Taylor. I did that a couple weeks back, and I'm going to hold it. I am going to look up Jonathan Taylor just to be curious. Where is he? Jonathan Taylor here is down 13%. Mm. So almost fourteen percent, but again, so he's had some rough. I tough can see sledding. him getting back to where he belongs. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, so the Texans conversation was interesting. Um, we'll fly through the West in a minute, but Kyle Allen up nineteen percent. Davis Mills down thirty five percent since Week One. It is very very clear that the Texans will have the number one overall pick and will draft one of the stars yeah, coming out of college. C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be one of these guys, right? I mean, if you take a look at the market right now, the top moving, uh, the, or at least the top moving, let's see, the NCAA football. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I mean, Bryce, yeah, Bryce Young is at $36, C.J. Stroud, $34, Caleb Williams, $31, and then after that, a significant drop-off to Drake May of North Carolina, Quinn Evers, you know, guys like that. Hendon Hooker took a... That's unfortunate, but, like, Could he took a you keep naming the quarterbacks? Like, the guy's escaping me, but there's another sure, guy Quinn that, Evers, that Will might, Levi's. He might jump. He's Caleb the one from Williams. Kentucky. He's going to be good. Yeah, but he also just had a really bad game. Yeah, I mean, well, not, they can't all be winners, can they? J.J. McCarthy from Michigan having himself a year. But overall, you would assume that both of these guys' stocks four, are going to drop. Four of those guys may be picked in the top ten. I agree. So you're looking at the Texans having a quarterback situation. I mean, that's that's a So parent. if you're – if see, just – I know that this is completely off the cuff. Who do the Texans take, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young? Gun to my head, Bryce Young. Me too. Yeah, that's that's. He just seems to be coming from that winning culture. It's a little bit more of a winning culture, and I, I look at C.J. Stroud as an Ohio State quarterback. I so I'm at, like, ah. I, yeah, I'm looking at the success <laughs> like, of some of the, the Bama quarterbacks to come into the league of late, and I think Saban has. Yeah, them I mean, look at look, look at Jalen Hurts, bro. I mean, he, just by himself. Jalen Hurts, Tua, Mac Tua, Jones. Yeah, oh my God, Matt, mm, yeah, 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 but. I mean, yeah, sure, he won games. Uh, <laughs> moving on to the West before we get out of here, uh, the Chiefs. Man, if you were in on this guy early, you made some coin, and that's Isaiah Pacheco from Rutgers. Rutgers alum right here in New Jersey. Um, he's up 126%. He's one of the biggest movers on the mojo market, not just the Chiefs, not just the AFC, the mojo market. He's one of the better bright spots. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is down 27%. I think we've seen the last of him in Kansas City, to be honest with you, because if they're going to just keep running the ball, they sign Melvin Gordon. We'll see what that looks like. Going forward, but Clyde Woods Alaire's down. Um, Marquez, uh, MVS. I'm just going to call him MVS. He's down 30%. He's a Aaron Rodgers product. But again, if you're on the Chiefs, you will get fed. It's just sparingly. Here, you'll have the MVS game and you'll have the Juju game and you'll have the this game and Tony will do something eventually. You know, but like overall, you can't focus on one guy in the pass catching department outside of Travis Kelsey. Uh, the Chargers, Josh Palmer's emerged um, lately over the last 12 weeks of football. He's up 12%. Isaiah Spiller, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, all three of those guys down 16%. That's alarming if you're the Chargers um, because if, well, on the market at least. But all these guys, both of those guys, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, both making $20 million a year. So somebody's going to go. There, there's no way they can afford all of this. So somebody's going to be out of the town. I don't know. They, they just signed Key, uh, Mike Williams to a deal this past offseason. Keenan so Allen's going to be the odd man out. Him. And I don't know that they're going to really. Uh, he might uh, be one of those hometown discount guys where he'll stick around. But he I can't to, pay Keenan Allen $20 million. I have to look at the contract and see if there's an out. If there's not, it doesn't matter. 
I don't know that they're going to really want to trade Keenan Allen. But you're, you asked me yesterday, does this mean that they're going to be on the market for a receiver? Well, it's like, well, I don't know. Josh Palmer's up 12%. <laughs> so they have one. So if they're looking to replace somebody, they have the guy on their roster right now. He has guaranteed salary. 2023, his only guarantee, next year, his guarantee is only $1.5 million. And then next, and the twenty four, he's there's zero guaranteed so money. So they could cut him. So they can cut him next season. year, and his dead cap would be only around six million dollars because of all the cap numbers and the space and all that crap. But like overall, Keenan Allen might be an expendable piece if you're trying to put other things together. Um, the Broncos. This is the interesting one. Obviously, Keenan Allen. yeah. Come on down. I'm with. I mean, we'll see if OBJ keep yeah. those hamstrings. Of yours in, in, <laughs> in L.A. In L.A., right. Um, the Broncos, the biggest mover, again, and this has been talked about up to yesterday. They asked Nate Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett, the coach of the Broncos, could you make a move right now to switch your quarterback to Brett Rippon, who is up 48% since week one? Russ has not cooked. He has not ridden. <laughs> he has not done anything. Russell Wilson, I listened to Dan Orlovsky yesterday, and it's hard for me to look at listen to Dan Orlovsky and be like, he knows what he's talking about. He's a really good quarterback. He wasn't. Uh, but like when he's breaking down Russell Wilson, he says he doesn't do the easy things good anymore. You know what I mean? Like that's how bad this guy has fallen that's off the all face pile of the on Russell Wilson. I mean Orlovsky, does he run out of the back of the end zone? He does not. Look, he does not. I understand all Russ. We've talked about Russ till we're blue in the face. The guy is a nerd and nobody <laughs> likes him. So for that reason, he is down. No, and Brett that's Rippin not to why the moon. He, he's got six touchdowns in, in yeah, like sixteen bad. picks or something absurd. It's bad, bad, bad. But really, I understand we're supposed to be talking about the Broncos right now, but I'm taking this opportunity to say, what the heck, dude? Um again, running backs are making me not know what I'm doing. You're talking about Javante? Because I'm talking about Javante down 25%. Makes, he got hurt. Makes sense. Out for the year. Makes sense. Got hurt out for the year. Do you know who's Early, not, too. Do you know who's not hurt and out for the year? Well, maybe they're a little nicked up, but they're not hurt. It's like Travis Etienne and Joe Mixon. I don't understand how Etienne is down 15%. Mixon's down 17%. And so neither guy is injured. We'll see. Anyway, wrap, then, <laughs> wrapping up with the Raiders, Matt Collins is their biggest mover. Thirty six percent since week one. He's emerged as one of the re good receivers over there in Las still Vegas. Still love Javante, by the way. Yeah, me too. I'm in on Javante, no matter what. Um, and of course, Darren Waller is down thirty eight percent. I mean, he's been banged up very bad. We've seen the emergence of Foster Murnau or Martin Morneau, Moreau. Yeah, Moreau, him too. Uh, but again, tight ends a plenty over there. So Darren Waller is felt the effects. I know we just breezed over the Broncos. I will say, if there is anything that I'll say is that maybe 25% is a little low for a guy that's out for the year, and mm -hmm. that just shows you what the market thinks of Javante Williams. This guy is a stud. We shall see. But you can, you can definitely finish up by following us. And all this stuff that we're talking about, you can find it on the Discord. You can find it on all the social medias. You can find it on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, at Mojo. And, of course, like I said, join the Discord. Um, there's conversations to be had each and every day. And, of course, Mojo.com is where I got a lot of this information. And, of course, the, the, the writers and the bloggers and everybody, the powers that be back there, have provided us with all this information to provide to you to kind of Give you the idea of who to invest in going forward. So, again, week 13 is here. Bet smart. Have fun with Thursday Night Football because, again, we're in on Ramondre. Josh Allen has a chance to have a big night. It'll be an interesting game. It's definitely one that we've been circling and looking forward to for a while. So, enjoy it. Right? Right. So, for Dave Sturgeo, Chris Gucci, this has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. We'll be back here tomorrow to put a bow on Thursday Night Football and give you the entire week number 13 slate. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Enjoy the game later, guys. Yeah, I love it.